You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Friday episode of the Locked On News Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It is the second part of the Blockcast Reunion episode where Steve Bartle, uh, Cramden Breck, and myself break down the upcoming 2021 University of Utah football season. This episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the mood and the differences between last year and this year, why this year might actually be more crazy than last year in terms of uh, actual score results and standings and whatnot, and then discuss a little bit about the schedule for the Utes uh, coming up this year, why there's an element to the schedule discussion that you might be overlooking, but of course, Cameron Beck knows exactly what it is. Uh, no one better at this game, the scheduling game, than than Cam, without a doubt. So without further ado, here is your Locked on Utes podcast for Friday, July 23rd. 2021. Today's show is brought to you by the live NBA draft show on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. NBA draft coach Chad Ford, Locked On NBA draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Now, the rest of the Blockcast episode. Hope everybody enjoyed the first episode of the Blockcast reunion here on the Locked on Utes podcast. Wanted to shift the conversation a little bit this time around because part of the reason that we're all kind of in this space now is because we didn't do the Blockcast last year. There was a pandemic going on. Steve is trying to break guitars here in our makeshift studio. Sorry. That's okay. It's I cool. My grandpa gave me that guitar and he died oh, 10 it's years fine. ago. But you it's didn't fine. I'm just it putting dents in it. <laughs> just for Sorry, Cam. Sorry. No, I like it better with the dens. It's, no, it adds character. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I'll, I, I'll send you a bill. Okay. But I wanted to, to talk to you guys a little bit about, because part of why I think people identify with the Blockcast <laughs> is the fact that we are, for the most part, fans of the team. The contrast between last year and this year. Last year, it felt almost like it was just like, well, nothing else is going right. So maybe we'll play a couple <laughs> football games. This year, I feel like everybody is not so much like engaged, but just like relieved that the season is happening. It, it almost doesn't feel like we're quite to the fever pitch of things. And and maybe maybe rivalry Twitter, me me just ignoring that has has kind of taken my hype level down a little bit. But I wanted to Cam's already giving me the look. I wanted to get your thoughts, your feelings, like the difference between last year and this year, and how you feel your thoughts. Well, I mean, July last year, the season wasn't happening. Yeah. This time last year, there was no college football season. Like, the fact that we, it, 
this time last year, the fact that we got college football would have been a huge relief to a right. lot of people. And so, like, most, we usually don't really start getting heavy into it until, like, fall camp and re- really, like, early August, late August, even. Like, That's when a good the point. season starts ramping up. I think it's still a little early, but. Yeah. Yeah. And, and going back to last summer, like, it was so awful every week answering the question, are we going to play football this fall? And it's like, flip a coin. Every week, I don't know. Right. It's like we well, probably that's shouldn't. That's a problem. Yeah, that, I think <laughs> it's like the table is rising. Oops. What in the world? The desk is rising. The table. The table. Cam rising. Starter cam rising. It's confirmed. Thank Put you. Desk. All the monies on. Take, you've got an automated desk. Oh, he's cam? It's a standing desk. My goodness, this guy. Yeah, I bougie. Yeah, tires on the wall. Rising desk. Look at this guy. I love it. I um, love it. Um, uh, but, but back to it, like this year is, is, I, I mean, at least different for me in the fact that, you know, I've already started to write a lot of fall camp previews, which those didn't happen last year until September, you know, it, it's so weird and it's so, it, it was so weird last year and it's, it's good to have those, those just kind of getting back into that rhythm of things, right? Routines. Like that's the routine of it. And and it and it's starting to hit now where it's like, okay, yeah, we've got fall camp in a couple of weeks and it's it's on the it's on the way. Well, and people are already asking when does fall camp start? And it's like, well, Utah hasn't They started asking it. that like a month ago. Yeah. Honestly, I think this year has been as a sports fan, like the NBA finals has never been closer to Pac-12 media days. Yeah. No. Like this has been We've got, we're in the middle of the Olympics right now. But this is what I mean. Is like it, this is wait. It started. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. When? I don't know. I guess this week. A couple days ago. No way. Uh, yeah. You, the women's soccer team played the other day. Yeah, the opening ceremony softball. and everything. The opening ceremony is Friday when this episode will oh, drop. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but oh, so, so yeah, they start well, some of the. It already happened. Yeah. Because that's when the episode. Yeah, we're actually started. podcasting in the future. Yeah. Which it's, is pretty cool of us. Yeah. Yeah. Cam. Now your time my mind traveling. is just blown. We're podcasting yeah. in the future. No, yeah, the opening. I just, we just I, watched this, the show. This might be moment. an unpopular opinion. I don't really care about the Olympics other than like, like Wait. honestly, like, like honestly, it's crazy because I don't really care about soccer, but other than like soccer event stuff, like I don't care about like big tournament stuff like that, like the World Cup and like Olympic and stuff, even for basketball, like uh, basketball Olympics just doesn't do it for me. Doesn't help that the U.S. basketball team is like crap in the bed. Yeah, they couldn't like, even beat the Monstars or whatever the Space Jam Two squad. Back team, off, Goon Squad, right? Goon Squad. Yeah, Goon Squad. Yeah, Goon Squad versus Toon Squad. Um, but like, I think that's what you're talking about. The Olympics is kind of how I felt last year, where I just I really didn't care about the season. Like, it was good to have something there to distract me from the impending doom that I was feeling every single day because of the pandemic. But the season last year was so hard for me to get into, and I doing pre and post game with twelve eighty and everything like that was was a it was a drag uh, to be honest with you. And, and it, yeah, because it was Utah State. Well, yeah, it, for a long time, and for I was doing BYU <laughs> games for like the first eight weeks of the season. Buddy, just be glad you weren't on freaking the game. Holy cow! <laughs> just thank God. Just thank Scott. Thank God, Scotty bailed you out. Yeah, no <laughs> But, like, I think this year, and you make a good point. Like, it does feel like even the previews have started to come out a little bit earlier. And, and Shout out to Phil. Shout out to uh, Brett. Yeah, Brett Shout Sands, out to those yeah. guys. Yep. Those are um, boys. 
Brett, we will do a, a an episode. He slid in my DMs today, so oh, we gotta we gotta get Brett on the. Uh, I want to get him out for a game at some point too. I think he would enjoy it out here. He's talked about it a lot. Take him to Pretty Bird. Yeah. The uh, the previews for sale now, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Eighteen dollars, I believe, is the the cost for that. Through PayPal. So yeah. so worth it. Jump on that if yeah. if you haven't already. Not even close to like like that's your that's a lunch for two days for some people. One day for me. One for me. Yeah. Um. That's because we eat real lunches, not these bird lunches that everybody else eats. Uh, but I think this year it, it feels so much different. And I think that maybe is carrying over into just how people feel about the season where I think everybody's just excited for it, just period. Not so much the expectations of the team or anything like that, but just that there's a good excitement level around that. I think people are super excited to get in the stadium. You know, the Garth Brooks concert was right. – uh, dynamite and you, uh, like thank you everybody for blowing up my social media feeds even four and five days after the fact with pictures of the stadium opening the new south end i don't zone. even know who garth brooks is who yeah cam i mean i i, I love garth so that <laughs> figures you i, I want to be mad but i'm too hurt you would cam's calling provo county right now um but, but yeah brian i think to your point like there's a lot of reason to be excited, and the fact that we've got a new south end zone that's going to debut this season, like it just multiplies the excitement and and the intrigue to the season. And you know, it's not just Utah that excited. Like you look across the Pac-12, and most fan bases are excited or optimistic about their chances this year. And it's such a unique year because of that COVID crunch, where you've got super seniors coming back this year and you've got guys that you've got programs that you know maybe are a little bit more optimistic than they typically would be and they feel they've got a shot this year so you know that aspect of it all is is pretty intriguing as well but man it's it's uh coming back to utah like you've got a lot coming back next year you've got a lot of talent coming into the program um as well and then you've got a brand new end zone to be broken in this this season like there are plenty plenty of reasons to be excited oh yeah and you're heading down next week for media days Pac-12 yeah. media days i think for the pac 12 especially this year it should be mad hype season because this is the best the pac 12 has been in a long time and maybe the covid crunch is actually going to benefit by the way covid crunch trademarked Steven yeah, trademark. We came yeah, up for with sure. that and nobody else can use it. Yeah. But I think it's Shout gonna out to be Kyle Whittingham for coming up with that. Did he? Oh, wow. Thank you, Kyle. Wait, time out. That was a joke. Oh. Time out. Time out. Time out. Pac-12 is better than spending a long time? Is the Pac-12 better right now than it was in 2019? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Way better. the Pac-12 will have two teams competing for the college yet? football playoffs? You need to pull up your splos. Listen, I, I'm, splus, I'm asking you, in 2019, they had two teams in with two weeks to go in the season competing for the playoff. Do you think that's going to happen again? Well, we're not to that point yet, Cam. Well, but yes, I do think we'll be in that point. Interesting. Do you think 2019 there are two... was, a, was a? I mean, again, like the 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 bar to clear for the Pac-12 having a good season is pretty low. But like they had two teams who were competing for the playoff at least. Like this is very sad commentary for non-Pac-12 fans. <laughs> They're like, oh, <laughs> it was a good season when two teams almost, almost made the playoff. playoff. But like. But yeah, like 2019 was a pretty good year comparatively for the Pac-12. 
And it would have been a much better year for the Pac-12 if they simply would have had Built Bar on board as an official sponsor. That's because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. All tasty, all healthy. My personal favorite, Cherry Barcia. I also love the mint brownie and the double chocolate. There's also coconut raspberry salted caramel strawberry orange another good one if you remember those orange sticks from your childhood mm, that's what it tastes like cookies and cream always reliable german chocolate uh like i said my favorite flavor cherry barcia cookies and cream is up there right now i'm big on the fruity ones orange another good one uh check them out regularly sign up for their emails and, and whatnot so that you find out when they have the special flavors because the special flavors are without the doubt some of the best reminder bill bar is the official protein bar of the u.s track and field team which is really neat good to see them supporting our athletes as they compete overseas there in tokyo during the olympics Here's the offer for you. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Cam just taking all the wins out of my sales. You, no, I'm just, you're, you're right, though. I think that the difference between <laughs> the difference between the two years is I think there were two elite teams almost all season long in 2019. In 2021, there's five teams in the top 25, and and three of those teams I think are play at three or four, maybe even Washington, Oregon, Utah, USC. Yeah, I think all four of those teams could, in theory, reach the playoff. But I think that also carries into a little bit of a different conversation that maybe we can start now, where it's like, like it's going to be. I I was started calling it the Mad Max Fury Road, where it's going to be a demolition derby of a year this year, based on what. That just like it's going to be every week is going to be madness. And, and and I think this is the part that maybe with all the, the hype and the Kool-Aid that we've been serving out, maybe Utah fans are thinking like they're just going to Utah's just going to roll through it. I think what we're trying to say here is that this is a talented team that every single week is going to be facing an absolute juggernaut across from them that we haven't seen in a long time. I mean, Arizona State's got two of the best running backs in the conference. But guess what? So does everybody else, you know, and, and Utah's got three or four. But at this point in time, we don't really know who the best backs are because we haven't ever seen TJ Pledger or Chris Curry take it down in the Pac-12 yet, right? And and this is going to be your week-to-week. You know, I, I think this is where I give Utah the edge over the other teams because I think from a week-to-week basis, Kyle Whittingham is better than anyone else in the conference at managing his team. But there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of guys that came back this year. And the Pac-12 top to bottom is a lot more robust in terms of talent than it has been in years past. I think Utah's been able to manage it because they've been a better executing program overall this year. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's such a great point, Brian. Because as you were as you were talking about it, I was thinking about like I yeah, we've we've talked about Oregon State and how optimistic we are about Jonathan Smith and what he's done with that program. They return a lot. This yeah. season, they have plenty of reason to be optimistic. Then I started thinking about okay, Stanford, and they're ranked in the bottom of the North. Yeah, and, and then I started thinking Stanford. Well, they were they won how many games last season? You know, they were. I think they won four of their five games. However many they played, like, I want to say they won the last two games of the year while they were living in Seattle and basically yeah. living out of hotels, which yeah. is insane. And and you know, so so Stanford did an impressive job last year. 
like they've got plenty of reason to be optimistic about what they could be this year. And so as as you were talking, I was like, yeah, you know, I think if if Utah is the team that we think they are, and they're able to run the table to a schedule to a nine win, ten win season. I think that they will be more battle-tested than they ever were in 2019 because of what is in the conference. And I, I say that like you look at you look at it comparatively, like UCLA in 2019 was garbage. Yeah. They're not gonna be garbage this year. They've got those same guys in 2019 on this 2021 roster. Like there's I know Kyle it's Chip Phillips, Kelly. I know it's Dorian Chip Kelly. Thompson Robinson. Like no, you, you're returning your entire Kelly. offensive line. The yeah. big question with them is the defense, but that offense is going to be good. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys on that offense that Utah wanted to come play for them. Like, yeah. That's the thing. And I know that everybody lives, likes to hate on, on DTR, but at some point that dude's going to put it together. Like, just hope it's not this season. Yeah, same. No, you know? I agree. Because like the the athletic <laughs> take your time, DTR. Yeah, take dude, your time, or at bro. least wait until after the Utah game. All right, <laughs> like how much nil can I send to you to to wait yeah. until after yeah. Yeah. Utah? But I, I think that's the the crazy part about it is it's just and the other part too is I'm, I'm thinking through this 2020. We all thought it was going to be okay. The programs with the best culture, uh, the best returning, those are going to be the programs that survive and, and really do the best. And really what it was is it was just the SEC teams, right? Or or like even Clemson, I feel like, kind of ran out of gas there at the end of it, right? Cam smiling. It just a, a Alabama really was. Well, I'm just laughing that it's like, oh, man, well, I guess the SEC was the best conference again. <laughs> but but that's the thing. It's like so maybe that does does speak to the whole like culture thing. But I think the, the zaniness of culture. College, yeah. Well, yeah. The zaniness of college football, which I think is why we all love it so much, the three of us, it was definitely missing last year. And I think some of it, the reason that the SEC was able to do so well is that they had the leadership in place that was going to say, look, we're going to play. Let's execute it. Let's make sure we get our 10 games in. How do we get this done? And they got it done. This year, I don't know what's going to happen across college football. It's like I think this year is the more – question mark year in terms of what could potentially happen it's so interesting because we know a lot about these teams yeah but, but they're we don't. still like like we don't what are they gonna be yeah the transfer portal nil right alabama's had an exodus they've lost five first round wide receivers how did they replace that you well know? they bring in more first wide, uh, first round wide receivers yeah they've never had any trouble replacing <laughs> those guys what, what was nick saban's favorite quote what do we do just crap out another player yeah they've done that's, the thing. Exactly. Like, that's the thing they wipe their butts with five stars well and and, and you know the whole davos funny thing like how many times is going to come up where he's going to be bitter about the NIL again during the season, and that's going to be a thing. I, I'm really curious about that. You're replacing Trevor Lawrence, who I thought was one of the best college football quarterbacks we've ever seen, you know, at, at least in my opinion. And maybe some of that is just his A lot of people's opinions. Maybe that some of that is just his beautiful ginger locks, too. I don't know. Blonde locks. Ginger. Strawberry. Blonde. Strawberry blonde. Come on. Wait, what? She's not a ginger? Do you Brian think Trevor is... Lawrence has red hair? Bro, are you colorblind? No. Wait, Gen- blonde no, locks. I'm not, no, I'm not. Am I colorblind? No, he definitely does not have red hair. Brian, what? I was just trying to steal one for the ginger side, man. Do we need to go <laughs> schedule him an eye appointment Whoa, right now? That was weird. That was crazy. <laughs> 
Ginger locks? Listen, let, there's not a lot of like successful gingers out there, right? So anytime it's, it's very it, clear what a ginger is, and Trevor Lawrence was not one. Andy Dalton. That's yeah, you've saying, got the ginger man. ninja. Like, just, the Red Rocket, the Red Right, Red Rifle. What other? What other prominent red? You got like Kevin Herter, and that's it. Like we can't even claim Blake Griffin, and he's yeah, part. You can. Can we? Yeah. Okay. Well, Spencer Rattler. Is he? No. No. Okay. See, so like we've got three people right now. So you can understand why I would try to force that's, Trevor Lawrence onto my side. That's a strong trio. It's just such a wild, like, <laughs> pick someone who's not the best quarterback we've seen in 10 years in college football. Like, pick who a, very pick clearly has blonde locks. Yeah. Famously has long blonde hair. When it reflects the orange color, it kind of looks a little... All right. Listen, we are way off track here. But the point that I wanted to make is that I think no, this We are season, right where we need to be. Yeah, that's that true. This is, this is an absolute block cast like, uh, conversation right now. But I want to avoid my, my inability to see and, and talk a little bit about my ability to perceive. And that I think this year could possibly be the more crazy, wild season... Does that benefit the Pac-12? Because here's the other part of it, too. I think there were a lot of guys that came back this year that usually go into the NFL draft, unless you're BYU, at which point you tried to send as many guys as you could to the draft this year because it was the one year that you were going to get it. Um, but because of that, like the Pac-12 has got a lot more talent in it this year. I agree. So does that really favor the conference as, they go down, as we go down the road? Is there a potential for them to kind of maybe reestablish themselves? Well, how much of that talent is ginger? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to Um, to think if there's a single ginger out there right now that's like a top 50 player in the Pac-12. It's not looking good. Britton Covey. I don't have red hair, so I don't know if I'm allowed to say the G word, (laughs) but I can't think of any... I honestly, I can't either. either. Yeah, not, I can't. Yeah, you get my plight, okay? okay I get it. I get Jeez. it. Yeah, I would be reaching to a little bit. Anytime you can get um, like, just a little, like maybe some people out there are colorblind and they think he, you know, I don't know. So I but know. yeah, no, I know. I agree with you, Brian. There is a ton of talent in the Pac-12 this season. Cam can't stop thinking about gingers that are in the Pac-12 now. What? No, I no, I'm good. Those I'm gingers lots of in back, the Pac-12. Lots of Pac-12 talent. I'm the here. The title of this episode is I'm now here. Gingers. Um, but Ginger I mean, you go down the list of guys, right? Like, I mean, it starts with at, at Utah with Nick Ford, Devin Lloyd, Brent Keithy, Britton Covey, like those. You know what those guys are. Yeah. You go to to USC, UCLA. You've got Sean Ryan. You've got you know what is his face? The the defensive end at USC, Drake uh, Drake, Drake Jackson, Lund- Drake, Drake Jackson, Drake Jack, Drake London, Drake London. All the Drakes down there. Good yeah. grief! Um, All they need is Canadian Drake, and they'll be they'll have the market cornered. Um, you got Oregon, Noah Sewell, and all of those guys up Cave there. Kayvon Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau, um, and, and I think like. I mean, tell me if you guys disagree. I think the North is a little simpler than the South. Yes. Not, again, it's yeah. kind of the same. The South is the same hodgepodge it's kind of ever been of like, there are legitimately four teams who could come out of the South. Maybe. No. I'm, even Colorado, then, like. I'm not even going to throw. I'm not going to throw Colorado in. Like Arizona and Colorado are not going to win the Pac-12. No. Colorado, um, they're replacing a quarterback. They're replacing a ton of things. And, and all they really have is uh, uh, Jarek Broussard coming back. Yeah. And and Nate Landman, but an injured Nate Landman, right? But Torn like, Achilles, Nate Landman. Yeah. So the, there was, it was a discussion I was having on Twitter the other day with somebody like, what 
because the odds were basically, and I'm I, I don't remember exactly what they were, but the Pac twelve the Pac twelve odds for the championship were something like Oregon like best odds, then uh, USC, then I want to say Washington, then Arizona State, and then Utah or something like that. That sounds about right. And I was just kind of saying like you know anyone who says that they know what's going to come out of the South is out of their mind because like the North it's going to be Oregon or Washington I think like there there will be some decent like Stanford and Oregon State will be good I think they'll be okay Cal is going to fight like they're going to be kind of what Utah was in their down years and. Like I think twenty that the twenty seventeen year type of thing like they're gonna be okay on offense and they're gonna be good on defense but they're gonna be like a seven and five eight and four type team but like the South who knows like the so our friend on Twitter Cam Malore um, a lot of Utah fans are probably not thrilled with him because how much he loved Zach Wilson last year but um, formerly PFF formerly SB Nation I, I don't remember where he is now PFN so Pro Football PFN, Network yeah. Um, he's he doing ranks, all their quarterback stuff and and college football draft analysis. Really good stuff. Yeah, no, it, it, great stuff. And and he is great. So like uh, at Cam Malore on on Twitter, but um, he ranked his top four or his top like the Pac-12 South quarterbacks in order. And the top four were all Pac-12 South guys. It was Slovis and then Daniels and then DTR and then Brewer. And so it's like, that's the problem with predicting the South right, right now. It's like, it's such a QB league, it's such a QB sport, that when the best four quarterbacks in the whole league are all in, not just teams in the South, but the better teams in the South, right? it's going to be a mess. Like, it's it's going to be a really weird year. Even then, like, I think, as you were talking, I was, I was doing a comparative between the North and the South, and really, like, it compares, like, Pretty evenly. Like, I look at it, like, I'm probably higher on Stanford than most, but I look at them in the Austin same way Jones. I look at Arizona how State. You, how can you not look at Stanford and not see Austin Jones oh. and that offensive line? Like, there's a lot of talent at Stanford that people are sleeping on, too, right? Yeah. That's, I heard a whoa. I want to hear more about these Arizona State and Stanford, like, parallels. Well, I just think that they're kind of the, th- the third team in the division, right? That's, like, that's how I see them. Are they equal? Like, I don't like. I don't know, but I I think program-wise, totally opposite, right? Sure, sure. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. They go about it like completely yeah. differently. Like David Shaw is your neighbor that takes there care is, of your there yard. Is, there is not a single the circle of people who applied to go to ASU and people who applied to go to Stanford do not touch. <laughs> yeah. Not even close. Not Thank touch. goodness they don't touch either, because that would be the, quite the science experiment. But I feel like Stanford is like Ned Flanders, right? And ASU is Homer Simpson. If you're comparing like styles and formats, you know? ASU <laughs> is Disco Stew. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm going through it, and I'm like. Okay, Washington, Utah, USC, Oregon, Stanford, ASU, Cal, UCLA, Oregon State, Colorado, Washington State, Arizona. Like, there's not a lot of separation between those teams in each division, at least in my opinion. Like, again, I know I'm higher on Stanford than most. (laughs) It's funny because, like... First of all, I always fade Stanford. Like, Stanford, I, I just don't trust David Shaw anymore. Sure, uh, sure. But, like, 
I, I that's, it's that's gambling, right? Like, so it's a little different when you're placing your skittles. Who says stuff. that? I mean, I don't. Gambling. And I don't always fade Stanford with gambling, but just generally, okay. I think I they're saying. usually because they had a couple of great years in a row, and you know they transitioned right. well from Harbaugh to Shaw initially, but it's kind of fallen off. I think they get a little more credit than they deserve. Nothing like, like ASU or anything, or um, but I think like it's funny like the comparisons yeah. you just made. Yeah. Those teams wrong. kind of line up. Like yeah. they have similar styles, even like Washington and Utah. Like do a lot of stuff the same. Defensive way. head coaches, USC defensive it. minded, minimize turnovers, run the ball, control the football. It's very very similar there. USC and Oregon, like all get the talent, all, all the, talent. the talent. Let's see what happens. Questionable with head we'll coaches. Well, I will say like, this: Crystal Ball, I think, gets a little bit of an edge because he's established a oh, culture sure. and he's won a conference title. Sure. But I don't think he's he's like. If you're ranking head coaches, he's not best on my list. Like I don't think he's even best in the north. He's like obviously he's got the the recent resume. Like yeah. t- you've got how many Pac-12 championships? And I will say Pac-12 this: like he, he and his staff did a good job of out coaching Utah in the championship game. I'm sorry for bringing that up, but I just I'm not sold on him being like an elite head coach right now. An elite game manager, elite yeah. and yeah, and, and that's that. wild because they won the championship again last year. Yeah, I oh. think he's the best coach in Pac-12 right now. Like, it's hard. It's hard it's, not because he's say just that. he's yeah. he recruits too well. Yeah, right. he and a staff recruit too well, and it's too important of a part of the game to ignore. But like, he How obviously much, does yeah. ridiculous, crazy things. Like when you look at actual coaching situations, but in college football, like, I mean, recruiting's more almost more important than scheme. Yeah, some yeah, of my bias agree. with him comes to, with how they use Justin Herbert, and I feel validated in that because Herbert's been phenomenal in the <laughs> NFL. <gasps> yeah, that must be nice. Steve, are you allowed to say that? I am now. Yeah, <laughs> he's showing you his lightning bolt right now, Cam. Uh, just to circle back around because that's what we do here on I things. Steve was going to be like Whoa, on my okay. forehead. Herbert was on okay. My forehead. Sam Teddy was what was so good. <laughs> yeah. uh, the championship odds, according to Bet Online, for Pac-12 teams: Oregon is a plus thirty-three hundred, USC is a plus five thousand, Arizona State is plus ten thousand, UCLA is plus ten thousand, Utah is plus twenty thousand. So wait, wait, time out. Plus thirty-three hundred. Can I see that? Yeah. Oh, for national championship. Yeah, sorry. I see. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking Pac-12 championship still. I was like, yeah. wait, Oregon is 33 to 1 odds? I was like, yeah, I'll take that bet. Yeah. <laughs> I think I missed Washington plus 10,000. No, we got them too. So interesting that they have them set that way. I, I think sometimes with early season odds, though, like it can not only does it fluctuate a lot depending on what happens in the camp, but it's also those are to generate movement, right? Like, Like you want people betting on it. And I think that odds makers re- probably realize, like Utah at, at what two hundred one. Oh, like no, no one from the Pac-12 has won in the title this year. Yeah, or anytime soon, unless like some major recruiting like shifts. We happen. get invited to the like, SEC, but I mean, or like, they it, go to twelve teams. But I mean, like, just who is the best? Who is the best odds? There for are the twelve teams in the Pac-12. Was Oregon at thirty-three to one? Yeah, like that's not great. Like, no. It's Wait, not. explain your twelve teams thing. The playoff. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Sorry. We're, we're I'm so lost. When we record episodes back to back, sometimes things get lost in translation a little bit. We'll be back around the corner with more of the Blockcast episode of the Locked On Utes after we listen to these beautiful messages. Getting back to what Steve was talking about with uh, the scheduling and, and, the, and the correlation with North and South, like even your crossover games are not super favorable. You don't play Washington, you don't play Cal, but you do play Oregon uh, in Washington State. 
you know, I I guess you're getting the, the better end of the deal with Washington State and you're playing them earlier in the year. We still don't know if Jaden DeLar is going to be the starter there or not. Um, or even, I mean, Washington State's a, a crapshoot, right? Like, that might, between them and Arizona, I don't think there's two teams that are more up in the air. I guess you could add Colorado to that. Man, I don't know. I I think we kind of have a good idea of what those programs are going to be. They just don't have a lot of talent in those programs. Like, and <laughs> Colorado hit the transfer portal pretty hard. But they did. We just we really don't know what they have just in general. Like I said, you, Jared Broussard is all we know that's coming back on offense and Nate Lamon on defense. Really. Right. Um, but I think the the bottom line is that the schedule sets up for Utah to where it's not. This is not a simple schedule where you have like. Even your quote unquote breather games, like those are really tricky this year. It's against Oregon State, and we've already talked about Oregon State offensively can be really good. And and I don't think you can take any of last year's game and really carry it over because last year was such a disaster with the quarterback situation. I don't disagree. I'm thinking about the schedule and Yeah, I, I guess I, I'm just not I don't think, at least right now, as high on Oregon State. Um, and so I, I kind of get what you're saying, like between Arizona State and UCLA, like that's it's not an easy game. It's not Oregon State from 2019 where you're going to lay 50 points on them or whatever. Right. But I think overall the schedule is not horrible. Like this is your lane. Like you have an ability to interpret schedules that I can never have. So I, I just well, I mean, it's it's really just a matter of it's it's less about Utah's schedule. I, I shouldn't say that. It's obviously most about Utah's schedule, but there's a big portion that people kind of miss about everyone else's schedule. So, like, yeah. I, we don't know right now. I mean, we we, we could know. look we into look. it, but we're but not like, going looking, to. Looking we can point at Utah's schedule and say that one's tough, that one's tough, that's easy. Like, November getting Oregon at home, right, kind of like that. But worrying but, about trap games and stuff. Like, so Utah plays Arizona State on October 16th, and then Oregon State on the 23rd. Like, great. So that's a full week. Yeah. But what does that mean? Does Oregon State have a bye the week before? I do. Do they play USC or Oregon the week before? So I think Oregon this... State's got a tricky game the week before, if I remember correctly. But, but that's but, what I mean. And so yeah. like, I, I, I actually... Those are the factors that we don't think about when we're looking at the schedule for our team. And they play, I think, more of a role with everybody else. Like I think if you're a team like you know Washington, are you looking at your schedule and trying to see what teams play Utah? The week before you do, I mean the teams. I don't think are right, but but as a like, if we're talking about, you know, we're projecting yeah. games, we're making predictions. It's absolutely relevant to be like John Wilner has this whole bit right about the the week after playing Utah. Yeah, that teams traditionally do really poorly. It's That's, not a bit. It's proven team, right. Like they've a, they've got enough con- proof of concepts here to where it's an actual thing. Yeah, if I'm a, if I'm a if I'm a better, let's say, and I'm looking at the Utah game, or I'm looking at a team that just played Utah, that's valuable information, yeah. and that's the kind of stuff we're talking about when when you hear us talk about like you're going to see something uh, something was going around Twitter today or the other day that was like Utah is favored in 11 of 12 games or something this year. That doesn't mean a lot because statistically yeah. speaking, they we if you just say they're favored in 11 of 12 games. If they're favored with a 90% chance of winning, that's one thing. But if they're favored with a 52% chance of winning, that's a coin flip. Yeah. And so it, it kind of it matters to get in and look at this. I don't think Utah's schedule is horrible. 
first three games should be um, decent, nice warm up games for them. I mean, we'll see what the. I mean, I, I don't know enough about San Diego State this year, but I know they've been tough in previous years defensively. But like Washington State, um, a lot of questions coming into the season. U.S. I, it feel. I mean, like with Delara getting the DUI and stuff right and everything. USC after that is going to be tough. USC and Arizona State back to back is the scariest part of the schedule to me. But otherwise, you've got Oregon State, which I am not as high on. UCLA, which DTR is, I think, going to be good. Their offense will be a little better, but I'm still not like I don't think you can beat a team like you've been beating them. And defensively, they're just they're such an unknown, and I think that uh, an offense that Utah has can take advantage of them. We see we saw that this offense I think is comparable to 2019 in in a lot of respects, right? Where we know they can establish the run game. If Utah gets a lead, they can sit on it and build it. Like I, I 100% believe that. And if you've got a porous defense, that's not going to bode well for you. My biggest thing is this. November looks really good for Utah. It's because, so, I mean, other than Steve, I don't know how high you are on Stanford, Brian. So November. I love Austin Jones, and that offensive line at Stanford is, is great. I don't know as much about the defensive side of the football, but they've got some playmakers. They got a wide receiver there that can play. They've got they'll always have tight ends. I think the question is gonna be how does the quarterback step in there? Yeah. Okay, so like really, really high level. Is Utah to you right now better than Stanford? Yes. yes. Okay, forget it then. So they've got if you just so if you seven better points than Stanford, better. November fifth, they've got Stanford at um Away at Stanford. That's a Friday night game too. I'm going to take a Friday night away game at Stanford in Utah's favor, even though I don't know. There's some sort of correlation between Friday night games, but I can't remember what it is. But I, I like that a lot more for Utah. It's it's tough for the road team typically. It I was going to say it's, it's usually tough favors the home there. team. Okay, but I still like it because it's against Stanford, right? And if you take those two style of play, I kind of think that Utah's the better team still. But yeah. but here's the next thing. So then the next week, you've got Arizona on the road. That's absolutely a win, unless you have just collapsed. Right. So I think two down weeks in a row. Steve thinks a up week, maybe a hard team and then a bad team. But then you close out with two home games against Oregon, your toughest opponent, and then Colorado, and they're all buffs or frauds always, with the exception of 2016. So, And maybe 2020. But you still beat them in 2020. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't. I buffs are always frauds. Sorry, sorry. Any buffs fans listening to this? First of all, you're very lost. Second of all, you're always frauds. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. They're, you're going to win four of you're your first six games. You're not doing a whole lot for the neighborhood block party rivalry between Listen, two schools. You're going to win four of your first six games. Took their best shot, and then you're going to lose the rest every <laughs> year. That's what happens. They're going to come out hot, and then they're going to lose the rest. That's what's going to happen again this year, and. Yeah, so closing with Utah and Oregon after Arizona and Stanford, I feel pretty good about. That USC-Arizona State thing, it, it, honestly, we talked last episode a little bit about, like, what will the South look like? Who's going to come out of the South? Like, and how will quarterbacks shape that? It's all, again, going to come down to the USC game. Yeah. Like, it, if you don't beat USC, forget it. Just give up on the South. So, But if you do beat USC in week five... Your schedule looks pretty good through the rest of the year as long as you can take care of Arizona State, which right. I feel okay about at home. That USC game, is that a Friday night game too? Uh, I don't think so. I think no. it's a Saturday night. It's a Saturday yeah. game? Yeah, it's a, okay. it's a 5 p.m. Or no, excuse me. I'm looking at the right. It's the, 5 p.m. is a San Diego State game. The time hasn't been announced for USC, but it should. Let me look at my calendar. That's, sure, either, the, that's either the big noon kickoff or the big noon Saturday yeah. game. It's or, a Saturday game for yeah. sure. 
uh, so that's either a 12 o'clock start for because it's going to be on the big network or it's on FS1. Uh, the only Friday games, I believe, are uh, at Stanford, and then I don't think they have another one. I thought they had two. They have a Thursday game at, uh, with Weber State, and then Friday Stanford. And, oh, the other Friday game is Colorado. Ah, okay. But that's the so after no Thanksgiving biggie. affair. So Right. And that's at home, too. So And the buffs are frauds, so. I hate the, I hate the Friday after Thanksgiving game. By the way, Black the Friday, Friday, horrible, absolutely terrible. I would like at to least play. it's not at like two p.m. Like some games are that day. Like, just like who's going to this? Yeah, I yeah. would like to play Colorado at the start on of the year Thanksgiving. Oh, ooh, really? Turducken. Nah, get the turducken. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out on Thanksgiving games. They'd probably do games. like tofu out there. And- Boulder. Thanksgiving is our the game in Boulder. No, the no, game this here. year it's in Salt Lake City. But. We don't do tofu in Salt Lake City. Thanksgiving is our nation's third greatest holiday, and I won't disrespect it with a game against Colorado. Okay. And uh, now I want to know okay. two one. Well, it's Christmas and the Fourth of July. Okay. I love That's Christmas. Fair. You do. I do. He's gonna have a mad it's Christmas two, jammies. It's this two year. perfect holidays, and then Thanksgiving is like it's like one and one. A what was your other Thanksgiving one? Thanksgiving is two. Christmas in the fourth. Fourth of July. Oh, the fourth of July. July. Okay, yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm with that. Yeah, that feels like a good place to wrap this thing up. Thanksgiving is actually my favorite because usually my birthday is right around there. Oh, happy so birthday! So two for one, basically. Happy birthday, Steve! Happy birthday four months from now. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Thanks, happy guys. birthday! Thanks, guys. Happy birthday! Happy <laughs> birthday! Happy birthday to Steve. That was beautiful. So yeah, so Utah, huh? Before we end, just a quick reminder to listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough. It's the perfect way to get ready for the NBA Draft. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts odyssey is your audio home for the sports podcast music and news that matter most to you that's a-u-d-a-c-y that's it for the broadcast reunion episode thank you so much to everyone for listening for following along with us for interacting on social media uh, along the way really appreciate it. it was a lot of fun for me to be able to get back together with cam and steve promise that there's more of that coming in the fall along with some other guests we're going to try and mix it up and get more voices involved with locked on Utes. we really do believe that this is a community effort and so we want to get as many people in the utah community involved as possible uh, if you have questions, as always, at Locked On Utes on Twitter, email us, LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us, rate, review, obviously, on Apple Podcasts, because apparently that's what we have to do in this day and age to to be relevant. I guess producing great content isn't enough, uh, but your feedback and, and your commentary really does let me know that we're doing a good job here, but we're always looking to improve. I uh, want to leave you with one final note, just a huge thank you from myself and from Jake. Jake will be back next week. We'll get really into the conference realignment discussions, talk about Pac-12 media days, and, and start to break down things more pertinent to the season uh, rather than these kind of off-season discussions next week. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much to everyone for for tuning in and, and sharing your time with us as always because your time is your most valuable commodity, and, and we appreciate and value that here on the Locked on Youths podcast. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Be well, stay well, do well. We will see you again on Monday with another episode. This has been the Locked on Youths podcast for July 23rd, 2021.